led when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. There is no better place to be on Sunday than to be in church. And thanks for coming. Amen. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this day. And uh, maybe just to start off with last week, we had an awesome service last week. And uh, we received several testimonies from most people who received their miracles last week, whether it's healing or breakthrough in any other area, because God is faithful. And I'm also thankful to the prayer team. On Friday, you reminded us that we need to be thankful to the Lord when he does something for us. So maybe let me just start there in Luke chapter 17. Before I share with you what we're going to share today, Luke 17, 12 to 19, the King James Version. <clears throat> and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. This is what most of us do when we have a need. We go to the Lord, we pray, we even cry out. You know that, isn't it? We show that sign of desperation that we need something from you. So it says, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Because they were lepers. They wanted to be healed. And <clears throat> when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, I want you to note them. That he says, go and show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Okay, they received their miracle. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with, and with a loud voice glorified God. I want you to look at this. They lifted up their voices when they had a need. Okay? Now, when their need was met, only one came back and again with a loud voice glorified God. In other words, the question to you is, do you thank God the same way that you ask from him? I want you to think of that, because you will see what this leper ended up getting better than the others. So it says, and, he f and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down at his f on his face at his feet, giving thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said unto them, Were there not ten cleansed? In other words, did not many of you receive your miracle? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Why I want us to look at it in the King James, it's, it's very significant. You saw the word there, cleansed. It says they were cleansed as they went to the priest. Secondly, it says they were healed. Those who were cleansed are regarded as healed. But this one here, Jesus says, arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Do you get that? So I want to show you the difference. So when somebody has leprosy, it's like when you have the issue of blood. When you lose a lot of blood, you become pale. And if you get healed, it means you just don't continue to lose blood, but you're still pale. Okay? 
So the man with leprosy, when you used to have leprosy, you were regarded as unclean, you would start losing pieces, parts of your hands, maybe fingers and all that, and ears and that. Then when you get healed or when you get cleansed, then you just have scars, but the finger is gone. Okay? You are healed. You are cleansed. But when you are made whole, when you are made whole, tell your neighbor you are made complete. Amen. Even what was missing gets restored. Amen. Amen. So it means we should be encouraged to go back to the Lord and say thank you. So that as I receive my miracle in this format, some of you receive your miracle in financial breakthrough. But when you are made whole, even that which was lost is restored. Amen. Amen. So it means it's very, very important that we always go back to the Lord and say thank you. So that my miracle may even be perfected and that I may be made whole. So obviously when this guy went away, he says, thy faith has made thee whole. Meaning you are complete. If you had lost a finger, it's back. If you had lost some money because of some scams that people robbed you, it's back. Amen. Amen. You are made whole, complete. Amen. Amen. While if you just receive your miracle, you only get a breakthrough. Okay? From here going forward, you are sorted. But what about that which was lost? Amen? Amen. So God wants to make us whole. And thanks, Elder, I heard you touching a lot on what I'm going to share about today. When you were talking about that complete prosperity, when we talk about prosperity, we're talking about that state of well-being in every respect. In your soul, it is well. In your body, you are healed. Financially, you are fine. You are well to do. So it means in every respect, I'm sorted. Amen? So I want us to look at this. Today we're going to just share about living a fulfilled life. And I want you to look at the two portions of scripture. Let's start with, Mr. MJ, you will read them for us. <coughs> start with... Uh, Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, no, let's start with Isaiah 3.10. We don't have them there, but I just want you to read them. Isaiah 3.10 and 11, and then Deuteronomy 5.29. And you will see what God's wish is for you. The elder read, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul is prospering. Tell your neighbor, God wants it to be well with you. Isaiah 3.10 and 11, Mr. MJ. <clears throat> Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them. Okay, so let's tell the righteous around here. Look at the righteous next to you. Tell them it will be well with them. Amen. Amen. And you say, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. Are you the righteous? If you are, it shall be well with you. Because sometimes we look at our current situation and think that's who we are. Look at Joseph. God had a destination for Joseph. But when things were going, falling apart, in your mind you would have thought things are falling apart. But how many of you know that things were falling into place? So tell your neighbor, when you think things are falling apart, things are falling into place. Amen. That's what in the world they call it, your ducks in a row. Amen. Amen. So in other words, things are lining up. 
Because when Joseph was sold to Egypt, it's because he was going to rule there. Amen. So sometimes people do things to you to destroy you and may God use that as your stepping stone. Amen. Amen. That which the enemy had intended to destroy you with, may it be your upliftment. So he says, tell the righteous it shall be well with them. For they shall eat the fruit of their doing. Amen. Mm. So if you are righteous, if you are doing well, it always pays off to live well before God. Amen. You will always be rewarded. But 11 warns you. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill with, the, with him. For the reward of his hands shall be given him. You see, it seems like we will all get a reward, the wicked and the righteous. But if you are the righteous, just know that it will be well with you. And it's not that God cannot save you. So let's read first uh, Deuteronomy 5.29. Go to Deuteronomy 5.29. Then I want to link it with this living a fulfilled life. Deuteronomy 5.29. Read it for us. And I love this verse because God here, this verse is as if God, you know how the Gugus talk? Mm. Oh, Mathelma, you will hear what, how the Gugus talk. I know we've got some uh, Gugus among us here. Mm. When they want things to go well with you, they talk with that heart. Just, 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 just listen. Deuteronomy 5.29. Oh, that they had such a heart in them. He says, oh, that they had such a heart in them. Mm -hmm. That they will fear me and always keep all my commandments. That they would always fear me and keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. That it might be well with them and with their children forever. You see what he wishes. He says, oh, that they can just walk like this. Oh, that they can always be obedient to me that it would be well with them and with their children forever. So what is limiting us? God is ready to do what he has promised. We've seen it last week. God is faithful and is ready to do what he has promised. It's up to us to live right before him. It's not that God cannot save. Some of you, you play with sin. Go to Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. We'll do it in the NLT this time. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, it says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor his ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sin, your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. You see what blocks us from getting our breakthroughs and our victories? That barrier of sin. So that's why it says, say to the righteous. So if you are righteous, if you are living well before God, it's just a matter of time before your breakthrough comes. Amen? So it means we're encouraging all of us to live right before God. You don't say, I'm exercising my faith, and by faith this is sorted, that is sorted, that is sorted, when you are living in sin, because your sin will make that barrier between you and your God. Amen? So, I just want to start maybe with, let's go to Ecclesiastes, because if the preacher had lived in the days we are living in, he would have been a researcher. 
those of you uh, <coughs> who are doing your masters, your PhDs and all that, you know you need to do some research. So if I look in the Bible and I look at a person who would have been a researcher, I see Solomon would have been one if he lived in our days. So we're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. I'll do it in the modern English version. Just want to show you what, that you don't have time to experiment with your life. How many of you know that you only have one life? Tell your neighbor, life is not a game where you've got three lives. You know, you know, some of the boys when they are playing, you are left with two lives. No, now I'm left with one life. You only have one life. Amen? So you cannot afford to experiment with that one life. How many, I, I used to be very much hurt um, when I used to still practice as a, as, a, as a doctor, seeing people, you find somebody stabbed by a friend. They were drinking together. And, and then the friend stabs him. And then they die a real death. <laughs> That's the problem. You don't die a, a playing death. Amen? Which says you cannot experiment with life. And the preacher tried it, but he told us the conclusion. So it's like when researchers do a research, they want us to learn. So let's look at it. Ecclesiastes 1, 13 and 14, MEV, Modern English Version. It says, I set my heart to seek and to investigate with wisdom Everything that is done under heaven. So he wanted to make a research to find out this thing that's done under heaven. What are people busy with? He says it is a burdensome task that God has given to the sons of men by which they may be occupied. Verse 14. I have seen everything that is done under the sun. Now this is his conclusion. And indeed all is vanity and like chasing the wind. So after he has done all the investigations and all that he says, actually I've realized that life without God is meaningless. Amen? So if we are going to talk about a meaningful life today, we've got to also tell you that life without God is meaningless. You can try a lot of things. Some people try drugs. Some people try prostitution. Some people try gambling. Anything that you can try, thinking that it will fulfill your life, it won't. The preacher tried it. Let's go. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I'm going to take it step by step with you from verse 1 to verse 11. Good news translation. You look at it also with yours. You just see. I want us to look at this experiment. Some of you are still experimenting. You think it's starting with you. No. The preacher tried it. And he already told us the conclusion. He says, I decided to enjoy myself. How many of you sometimes feel, let's enjoy ourselves, man. So he says, I decided to enjoy myself and find out what happiness is. But I found that it is useless, too. I discovered that laughter is foolish and that pleasure does you no good. Verse 3. Driven on by my desire for wisdom, I decided to cheer myself up with wine and have a good time. Do you see what he tried? Mm, some of you think you are the first one. No. He did it and he will tell us the conclusion. 
So don't, you don't have to try it. If somebody has tried it and they did the experiment and they showed you it doesn't work, just know it doesn't work. So he says, I decided to cheer myself up with wine and have a good time. I thought this might be the best way people can spend their short lives on earth. I accomplished great things. I built myself houses and planted vineyards. I planted gardens and orchards with all kinds of fruit trees in them. I dug ponds to irrigate them. I bought many slaves and they were born in my household. I owned more livestock than anyone else who ever lived before in Jerusalem. I also piled up silver and gold from the royal treasuries of the lands I ruled. Men and women sang to entertain me. And I had all the women a man could want. He had a thousand of them. Amen. Yes, I was great, greater than anyone else who had ever lived in Jerusalem, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I got. I did not deny myself any pleasure. I was proud of everything I had worked for, and all this was my reward. Verse 11. Then I thought about all that I had done and how hard I had worked doing it, and realized that it didn't mean a thing. It was like chasing the wind of no use at all. He reached the conclusion, isn't it? He reached the conclusion. He says, you can try it all. You will come back to this conclusion. Okay? So that's why we're saying, for you to live a meaningful, fulfilled life, you need to be... Look at this. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. Amplified classic. AMPC. Mr. MJ. Amplified classic. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 and 14. Now, this is when he was ending. So when he started, he says, I did this, I tried this, I tried this, I tried this. But I like it that whatever experiment he did, he gave us the outcome of the experiment. So that you don't have to experiment. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to experiment. Solomon has already done it for you. It doesn't work. Tell them, it doesn't work. Amen. Ecclesiastes, but again, this is especially more difficult with the youth. The youth think, the youth think they are wise, it's their time now, it's modern. There is no modern devil. Tell your neighbor, there is no modern devil. Just as the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so remains the devil. Amen. Amen. Because this is the trip, the, the trap that young people have. Sometimes they think it's old-fashioned. Solomon, who do you think you were? But he said, I tried it. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, AMPC. All has been heard. The end of the matter is, mm -hmm. fear God. Revere and worship him, knowing that he is and keep his commandments. Yes. He says this is the conclusion. Mm. All those meaningless things would mean nothing. All that you need to do is fear God. You remember Deuteronomy 5.29? Oh, that they had such a heart in them. That they would fear me always. That it would be well with them. Okay, continue. For this is the whole of man. 
the full original purpose of his creation. Tell your neighbor, the original purpose of your creation was to serve God. Not to experiment with your life. Not to experiment with life. That's why you only have one. <laughs> so, so that should have given you a, a, a tip already. <laughs> to say it seems like we can't experiment with it because it's just one. If you had three, then you try. And if it doesn't work, you go to the second one. Mm. Mm. Continue. The full original purpose of his creation. Mm. The object of God's providence. Mm. The root of character. Mm. The foundation of all happiness. Yes. The adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun. Amen. And the whole duty of every man. Mm. Mm. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it is good or evil. That's a good conclusion. So he says, fear God and keep his commandment. That's what you were created for. Serve God. Just live for God. That's your original purpose. He says, but anyway, God will bring everything to judgment, whether good or evil, even the things done in secret. Amen. So, but that, your original purpose from, is from God. And when God created you, he wanted you to live holy. And if you live holy before God, you will live a fulfilled life. I'm not saying you won't have challenges. I will also show you how to deal with challenges when you are a child of God, when you are the righteous. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 in the NIV. I want you to see that God has already has chosen us <clears throat> long, long ago. Even before we were born, he has already, he already had his claim on us. Amen. Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 NIV says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Okay? So, when were you chosen? Before the foundation or before the creation of the world and you were created and chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. God has already finished with your greatness before you came on earth. That's even how I like it, how God created the heavens and the earth. You know that God did not create man and then figure out what to do with man after that. He started by laying out everything. How many of you know that? God did everything. He created everything, the sun, everything that the man will need. And when he had finished, now he says, man, come and enjoy what I've prepared for you. He prepares for me a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Amen. Amen. So he's mindful of me. So it says he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So tell your neighbor, I've been chosen to be holy and blameless. Yeah. So your neighbor mustn't think, but you are not holy. No. You are talking about your original purpose. So if I'm not there, I'll just turn around and repent and become what God had intended for me. Amen. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship 
through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now I want us to read it with verse 11. Ephesians 1, 11, NIV. In him we were also chosen, it says we were chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Did you hear that? It says we're chosen in him, but he predestined us. Okay, that word predestination, I always say to you, you know predestination is made of two words. Is the word pre and the word destination. You know what's the word destination? Tell your neighbor, do you know about my destination? So when he predestined us, he tells us our ending before we start the journey. It's like those of you, whether you're taking a bus ticket or you're taking a plane ticket, they will tell you where you are going before you leave. Amen? So my ending is already sealed. There may be turbulence along the way. Tell your neighbor, there may be turbulence along the way. But I'm headed for my destiny. Amen. Because when he has predestined me, it means he has already prearranged for me, for my future. But it says to everything, he, he predestined us according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now, this thing about working out everything in conformity to the purpose of his will. Let's go back to the example of Joseph. Joseph was predestined to be the ruler of Egypt. Okay? To be the prime minister of Egypt. But then, in his life, when things, when the brothers were selling him, when Potiphar's wife accused him and he was wrongfully arrested, when he was jailed and put in jail for years, how many of you know that all that was working to conform to the plan? Amen? Amen? It might not have felt like that. Tell your neighbor, it might not always feel like that. But you are on your way to your destiny. Amen. So it means if I know the ending, I don't mind a bit of prison here and there. Amen. I know where I'm going. I know that the one who has promised is all able. So the only way to be comfortable when a challenge comes your way, it's when you know something. If a challenge comes your way and you know nothing, you are going to grumble. You are even going to say, I'm a Christian. Even people who are not Christians, they don't go through what we are going through. So what benefit is there to be a Christian? That's what happened in the book of Malachi. There were people who were complaining like that, saying, what benefit is it that we've been serving God all the time? But if you are serving God, if you are righteous, the Lord will always come through for you. It might take a bit of time, but your miracle is on your way. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, NLT, New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Okay? Now, that statement on its own is difficult. Isn't it? When troubles come your way, why would you consider it joy? Because troubles are not pleasant, isn't it? 
Challenges are not pleasant. But now, verse 2 is not complete. Continue. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You will be whole. You will be complete. So when these things are coming your way, when everything is done, you will have full restoration. You will be complete even in your faith. Sometimes we go through things. Some of the fires you go through, they are not there to burn you. The enemy might be intending to burn you, but they are refining you. Amen. Amen. Because James 1.12 says, AMPC, Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and has been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. You see, when trials come, if you stand your ground, you will receive the victor's crown. You cannot be crowned as a victor unless you have fought and won. Amen? So some of those challenges that are coming your way, they are just a way to create a, a testimony for you. Amen? Because when you go through that test, you will get a testimony. I always used to say you can't write the word testimony without writing the word test. Isn't that how we spell testimony? We start by writing a test and then add imony. Then you've got a testimony. Okay? So which means some of these things that you are going through, consider it joy. Consider it an opportunity to exercise yourself. And sometimes we say, even with simple things, you know sometimes maybe you, you've got flu or you've got headache or you've got minor ailment. That's the opportunity to start exercising your faith. Okay? Developing your faith, strengthening your muscles, so that when the devil strikes you with a big one, your muscles are already built. Amen. Some of you, when challenges come, instead of you facing them, you run away from them and you look for alternative ways. Instead of seeing that as an opportunity to exercise your faith. Because if you see it as an opportunity to exercise your faith and you exercise your faith, and you see what God can do, it will build confidence in you. To know that God hears you. To know that God answers your prayers. So that when difficult things come in future, you are already used to fighting. You know how to get it done. In John 16.33, Amplified Classic, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trial and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. So the Lord has already conquered for us and he has already given us the victory. So it means if I know that this challenge that's coming my way is like a test. I'm writing a test, and I'll pass this test. And good for those of you who always attend the lectures on Sunday. You won't fail the test, because now you're hearing all the, all the tips. So when the enemy tries to come and puts you under pressure, you know, okay, this is an opportunity to exercise my muscles. 
While somebody who wasn't in church, when the challenge comes, they are going to just hide their heads under, in the sand. Because if you look at it with me in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 3 to 7, NLT. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 7, NLT. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. By the way, I sometimes hear people saying I'm a Christian, but I'm not born again. We don't believe in this born again business, man. It's not in our church, but it's in your Bible. It may not be in your church, but it's in your Bible. You remember even Jesus said, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Saying to Nicodemus. So if somebody says to you, I'm a Christian, but I'm not born again. In our church, we don't believe in being born again. Tell them, even if it's not in your church, but it's in your Bible. He says, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Our expectations and our hopes will not be cut off. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled. Beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 5. And through your faith. God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. You see this thing about if you know there is joy ahead of you. That's what Hebrews 12 says. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And it's now seated at the right hand of his majesty on high. In other words, you don't mind going through pain if you can see the joy ahead. It's like labor, labor pains, isn't it? When you know the baby is coming and you are in labor, it's painful, but you know where you are going. It's like runners. You are running in a marathon. You, you, it's, it's tough, it's difficult, but you know where you are going. It's like in boxing. You're going there, it's tough, but you know what's the outcome. So it says, as long as you know the joy that is ahead. Amen? Say, so, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. So in other words, even if I have to go through some of the things now, I know the end of the book. I know the outcome. You know, even with Job, you know what Job went through? You read chapter 1, chapter 2. You see all the bad things that were happening in his life. He lost his children. He lost everything he had. His body was sick with boils and everything. But when you go to the end of the book, then you see that our God is a restorer. And our God, actually it says, God gave him twice as much as he had before. Tell your neighbor your restoration is coming. You will be made whole. Just keep on thanking God. Amen. So now verse 7, look. He says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, you see what strengthens your faith? 
It's like people who exercise. When they build those people, when their muscles are big, it's because they were exercising them. <clears throat> so your chance to exercise your faith is those trials. When the enemy brings those things to you, it's your opportunity to exercise your faith. You start quoting scriptures. Start praying and start seeing. And when you see God does it, it boosts your faith. Now, the next, you say, come on, next challenge. Ready for more? Want to exercise more? Because when you win, you become stronger. Amen? You are ready for another level of challenge. So it says, when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ is revealed to the whole world. So it means, whenever, whatever I go through, I can still say I'm living a fulfilled life because what I'm going through is temporary. I know the end of the book. Amen? And this fulfilled life means when I'm living faithfully before God, it shall be well with me. And if something is not well as we speak, I've got to pray and get it on the way. That's what we talk about when we say you have authority. Jesus says, I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. In other words, take charge. God wants you to take charge. So for things that are not aligned to God's plan, it's for you to take charge. It's for you to command them to come back to line. Because God has already given us anything that you will need to be successful in this life. It's invested in you. Amen? Amen? Especially more so when you come and you hear the word and you know what God can do. You get stronger and stronger. You keep on being made wise through the word. And God wants to save you through your faith. Let's go to 2 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, the message translation. <clears throat> so we're beginning our descent now. Because I just want to pick this thing for you to show you that God has already given you everything in Christ. All is already there for you. You just need to be obedient. Isaiah 1, 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Tell the righteous it shall be well with them. So God wants it to be well with you. Amen. God wants it to be well with you. So 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3 message translation. Mr. MJ, can you do it for us? 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3 message translation. I think he's got it on the screen. <clears throat> Grace and peace to you. Grace and peace to you many times over as you depend in your experience with God and Jesus, our master. So he says grace and peace to you. I'm also saying grace and peace to you many times over. Mm. As you deepen in your experience with God and Jesus, our master. So as you get deeper in knowing this God, even when you are getting challenges and you know how to fight and win, you're getting stronger. You are growing in the Lord. Mm. Continue. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who, invite, who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. 
Just reread that last one. I know that last uh, sentence, you would read it more nicer. <laughs> in, in the MJ style. <laughs> Everything that no, goes... No, that last part, the best invitation. The best invitation we ever received. Amen. Amen. That's the best invitation you can ever receive. This invitation that comes from God to say, I want to give you all things that will make you successful in life. Amen. I want it to be well with you. Amen. And when I'm there by your side, it doesn't matter who come against you. Amen. Amen. If God is on your side, it doesn't matter who comes against you. Amen. You will live a fulfilled life even in the presence of your enemies. It says he sets a table for me before me in the presence of my enemies. So it means, you know that sometimes we blame people and you blame people who hate you. I always say some of you even hate those who want to bewitch you. And I always say I've got a problem with a Christian who can be bewitched. Because those who are bewitching that Christian, they are not using the Holy Spirit. They are using the power of the enemy. Now, if you are a child of God, you must be unbewitchable. Amen. Amen. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So it means whatever the enemy tries to do against me, God is on my side. God is on my side. Those who come against me are fighting a losing battle. Because God is with me. And if you can have that confidence, you won't even mind much even about those who gossip about you. Those who are planning bad things for you. You remember the other time there was this man called Haman. And he planned to, for Mordecai. Remember the story. So he hated Mordecai and was saying Mordecai doesn't bow to me. So he tried to convince the king so that the king must seal it and write it and seal it to say Mordecai will have to be hanged. So he prepared the gallows for the hanging of Mordecai. That's what your enemies sometimes do. So they prepared the, the gallows for the hanging of Mordecai. But guess who got hanged in those gallows? The very same Haman. Amen? So it's very, don't always fight the people of God because you will be like Paul. You remember Paul when he was still called Saul? God says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It will be hard for you to kick against the pricks. Amen? Because when you are fighting with God, you are fighting a losing battle. So if God is on my side, it doesn't matter who's against me. So let's go to it. Romans 8. Mr. MJ will do it in the Amplified Classic. Romans 8 from 31 to 39. I want you to enjoy this best invitation ever. It says the best invitation ever. God has already given us everything to be successful in this life. To live a godly life. To live a victorious life. So when we live a fulfilled life, it's life complete in every aspect. You know the problem with the definition of prosperity according to the world? The world usually would say you are prosperous if they think you've got a lot of money. The, 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 the elder just said here, what benefit is it if you've got these other things and you're not healthy in your body? If you go to somebody who is a millionaire and they are in coma, in a hospital or they are very sick, terminally ill. Do you think that million means anything to them? It means nothing. They just want to get healed. They want something that you are taking for granted. You are healed and you think 
It's such a simple matter. No. Amen. Appreciate what you have. So this true prosperity means well in every aspect. Beloved, I wish above all that it, you will prosper. It will be well with you in your soul, in your spirit, and even in your body. Amen. That's the fulfilled life we're talking about. May it be well with all of you. May the Lord keep on rewarding you for your faithfulness. Amen. God knows you individually and he's got something for you. Romans 8, 31 to 39, Amplified Classic. What then shall we say to all this? Okay, now, I told you this thing. So he's saying now, the pastor has told you all this. What then shall we say to all this? What can we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Mm, that's, that's what I want. If God is for me, who can be against me? Uh-huh. Who can be our foe? If God is on our side, mm. he who did not withhold or spare even his own son, mm. but gave him up for us all, will he not also with him freely and graciously give us all other things? So it says, if he did not spare his only son, Jesus, who so precious to him, do you think he will deny you all these other things? No. No. Continue. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect when it is God who justifies? That is, who put us in a right relation to himself? I like that. It says, who can bring a charge against me when God has acquitted me? <laughs> the other time I was teaching you guys, I think we we're in Cales River, I was giving you those, actually next week we'll be having Holy Communion, so you need to understand the importance of this, the blood of Jesus and all that. So there's a word called justification. You know, we've got the word sanctification, means you're being set apart. Justification means you are declared not guilty as if you never sinned. Okay? It's like when the judge in court says, not guilty. Even if people say you've done this, even if people know that you've done it, you know, in our, in our justice system, I think they are doing it the right way. It's close to the Bible. They will say you are innocent until proven guilty. So now, it means in this one, when the, 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 the judge says you are not guilty, let's say the people know you've done it. They call you a suspect even after you've done something, isn't it? They don't say it's the, it's the criminal or it's the doer. They say the suspect. But you were seen doing it. You are the suspect until such time that the judge declares a verdict. Okay? Now, if whatever I've done, I go before God and he says, not guilty, then I'm free. Amen? That's why the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because he wants us to have that right standing with him. We told you that the hand of the Lord is not too short to save. It is the sin that stops you. But once you realize, Lord, I'm sorry, I really do not, I, I really am very much sorry for what happened. Forgive me for this sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you. And then you can stand up again. Okay? So it says here, 
Who can bring any charge against us? Continue. Who shall come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Okay, this word impeach, I didn't see it before seriously, but now after hearing some of the presidents to be impeached, and this one impeached, and that one impeached, then I started realizing, oh, who can impeach me? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So it means you can come with your charges. If God has justified me, I'm sorted. Amen. That's why you shouldn't mind much about what they are saying. You should mind much about what he says. If what they are saying, of course, is what he also says, then you are in trouble. Then repent. Amen. And he's faithful and just to cleanse you. Continue. Will God who acquit us, who is there to condemn us? Mm. Will Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who died, or rather, who was raised from the dead, Who's at the right hand of God actually pleading as he intercedes for us? Oh, do you think that Jesus who died for us, he can condemn us? He's the same one who paid for your sin, isn't it? So he says, how can he condemn you when it's his blood that has cleansed you? Who can accuse us? Jesus is actually interceding for us. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is interceding for me. He's pleading my case. He wants it to be well with me. And those of you, you started receiving your miracle last week and you want it complete. As you continue to praise God and worship God, may God perfect your miracle. May God make you completely whole. Continue. <clears throat> Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Who, who do you think can separate us from Christ's love? Huh? Anybody? Not even your mother-in-law. Okay. Nobody. Okay, continue. Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation... So some of you wanted to quit because you are going through a difficult time. So he says, shall suffering, affliction and tribulation... Or calamity and distress. Some of you say, sure, that was a very serious thing that happened. How can I continue to serve God? Mm. Or persecution, or hunger, destitution, or peril, or sword. Mm -hmm. Even as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all day long. Mm. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Mm -hmm. Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors. Amen. And gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. So amidst all these things, who are we? We mm. are more than conquerors. In mm. all these things, perils, mm. sword, tribulation, trials, this, that, that, sickness, this, that, that. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Mm. And we gain a surpassing victory. Through him who loved us. Mm -hmm. For I am persuaded beyond doubt. Amen. Hey. I am persuaded beyond doubt. Can we all read uh, follow? I am persuaded beyond doubt. Let's all say it. Beyond doubt. I am sure. I'm sure. That neither death. That neither death. 
no life no life no angels no angels no principalities no principalities no things impending no things impending and threatening and threatening no things to come no things to come no powers no powers no height no height no depth no depth no anything else no anything else in all creation in all creation will be able to separate us will be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord amen 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 so it means i'm sorted amen nothing will separate me from the love of Christ my lord he's interceding for me he's interceding for me and he says it shall be well with me amen it shall be well with us amen so i want us to before i do an altar call i just want us to stand up and thank god for the word that we've had and also just be thankful to the lord as just like that one of the 10 lepers going back to the lord and say thank you and may the lord make you whole may the lord make you complete and after that i'm going to <clears throat> read a scripture and make an altar call for those of you who either say <clears throat> pastor i can hear what you're saying but i haven't been living right before god i had backslidden or i never accepted jesus as my lord and savior and i hear all these good things the invitation that you're talking about pastor i have not received that invitation yet then i'll also pray with you but for a start i want us to stand up thank god for the word that we've heard and just be thankful to him be thankful to him for the divine health the health that you have in your body be thankful for to him for the life that you have father we thank you and bless you Amen.